Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is episode 461 for comics coming out on the 20th of June. And joining me is Eric from Cowabunga. Hello, Eric. Hello. Uh, um, as, as you can guess, Kyle's on a vacation. Um, he's got two back-to-back, so he's going to be gone for a little while. And I will muddle through without him, but uh, we, we got lucky and, and uh, Eric was able to sit in on this one. So uh, thank you for that. We've got a full show for you, but we want to kick off with some uh, some listener uh, feedback. And first comes up from Eric Donnelly with, with a little correction for us. Way back in episode 451, he's catching up on old shows. And how could you be that far behind? How are we not appointment <laughs> listening? But I'll, right. I'm going to let that slide. Um while catching up on old shows, I noticed you mentioned Colin Bunn was writing for Avatar. I think you may have been confusing him with Karen Gillan. This is less about correcting you and more about pointing more people towards Gillan's excellent Uber series that's nearing the end of its second volume. Very underrated and overlooked. Great show, and thanks. Well, since Kyle's not here, we're going to say Kyle made that mistake, and he can't defend himself. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> what a he bum. got confused. Uh, I don't. I I read the first couple of Uber, and I didn't stick with it, but I have heard it's good. Yeah, I've I've not read it either, but we do have a couple of subscribers that get it, and they seem to enjoy it. So yeah. it's been it's a long runner. It's been going on for a while over there, and uh, one of the few things still coming out from Avatar. Yep. Um, my beloved Cross, of course, is coming is back out again finally um, after a long delay. So I'm excited about that. But I like Avatar stuff, and there for a while they were my favorite small publisher. I mean, yeah. they were putting out a lot of Venice stuff and just a really cool mix of of titles, and and they had tons of stuff. And now it's really kind of kind of dried up to a real drip of not much coming out. And I don't know what they have on the horizon, really, that's to fill that slate, or, or if this is the plan all along. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I guess you know part of the the draw for Avatar comics for quite a while was actually the art style. They kind of had a slightly different house art style, very similar to how um, a lot of the uh, Michael Turner books. Uh, shoot, what the heck is that company? But a lot of those books um, had a very specific art style as well, like Soulfire, Fate, uh, Fathom, all of those. So one of the the big draws for those Avatar books, Cross, Cross Plus One Hundred, things like that, were you know were people who liked who really liked that art. Um, Jason yeah. Burroughs, yeah. right, is the one that jumped from Avatar over to Moon Knight. Jason Burroughs, uh, yeah. Raul Ceseras did a lot of stuff for Extinction Parade. Um, trying to think of who was with Ennis on Red Rover Charlie, but I love that artist. That was great. Um, there's there was a ton of those things, and um, yeah, the the art was really cool. I think all European guys or something, but they they had a great a great uh, eye, and I really liked like the style and the color and the paper. It was all nice and um, just really quality stuff. I hope they get back to um, at least some new stuff coming out periodically. Um, so that uh, I can get excited about it and check it out. Yeah, for sure. Aaron Churchill says, I promise this isn't a trolling question. That's not a great way to start, Aaron. Um, uh, I'm now, <laughs> I'm, now, I'm, now I'm worried. Um, what's the next key issue comic you would consider selling but are afraid you might regret soon after it if you were to uh, sell? Uh, oh, there's really nothing um, anymore. I mean, the only thing... I, I mean, I, I guess I would sell some signed comics, 
that didn't weren't signed to me. They weren't personalized to me. Um, so, you know, there could be some cool number ones. I have I have stacks and stacks of of comics that were signed by creators I really like um, over the years, and um, some of them took the time to, to personalize it to me and sometimes they didn't because they were in a hurry or um, I forgot to ask them to or whatever. And so they, those mean less to me. Um, so there's probably a couple in there from, from people that I would probably immediately, immediately sell and, and then um, have a little regret because who knows if I'll ever run across them at a, at a con again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only one I can think of. Um I don't know. You, you, you being in the business you're in, does that ever happen to you where something comes in and you just assume you'll get a couple more and you let it go out the door and uh, you kind of regret regret letting it go without without picking it up for your own personal collection? Uh, you know, not yet. Not yet. It's always I, another train coming, right? Right. And <laughs> I think that that's kind of what the what our mindset is, is, you know, if it came in once or if we found it once... Uh, we're still pretty young. We're still pretty fresh into things that the likelihood of us being able to see it or get it again is relatively good. I mean, there's the big whales out there, like in, in Action 1, Detective 27, things like that. I mean, those those haven't come in yet. And believe me, we'd love it if they did. But, um, you know, there's, there's some books. Uh, Detective 359, that's one that came in that somebody, we had gotten it graded and it was a pretty fairly high grade. It's a couple thousand dollar book, and it was one of those ones where I didn't really want to see it go, but somebody came and bought it, and it was, um, that's probably the closest it was, where it was kind of like, ugh. But, remind me, remind me what that is? Uh, first Batgirl. That's the first Batgirl? 359? I, I think it was 359, something like that. Wow. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so we, um, very few books come in that we really feel like we're, I guess, not going to get back. Um, and, and if and if you're get if you're buying a, a Detective Twenty Seven or an Action One, you kind of got because you're going to invest a lot of money to buy that. Most likely, you've kind of got to recoup your money. You exactly. have to sell it. Exactly. You, you can't just sit on it because you want to. Yeah, and you know a lot of the key books that uh, people would have potentially as grails. We've had multiple copies come through. Um, we've had I think three or four Avengers One. We've had a couple of Avengers Four, which is the first cap in the Avengers. Uh, we've had well, have we, we dozens sure. of Deadpool, dozens <laughs> yeah. of Harley's first, dozens and dozens of uh, ASM three hundred. We make sure you know every time we get an ASM three hundred. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I see the Facebook posts, and it's already yep. it's, it comes in. You sell it. <laughs> yep. Ha ha! Look at that. <laughs> so I mean, we get a lot of those. A lot. Of, we've actually had three or four uh, ASM number ones. We've had a couple of Justice League of America number ones. We've actually in the last three months. Uh, acquired and sold three Iron Man number ones. Um, so, I mean, a lot of the books that people kind of really get into um, that aren't that just A-plus tier key book, we've been very fortunate to have multiple copies come through. So, um, so yeah, for me, the, the ones that I personally tend to look for, I don't necessarily buy all of them that come in because I, that would be foolish of me, but... I have multiple copies of New Teen Titans 44, which is the first Dick Grayson is Nightwing. Uh, and I have a couple of copies of uh, Batman Adventures 12, which is the first Harley Quinn, just because of uh, the time period and nostalgia and stuff like that. When I was um, when I was first starting out 
uh, eBaying uh, comics, and that was probably six, seven years ago. I started liquidating my collection, and it was tons of fun to, uh, you know, to, at the time it wasn't so much work, you know. It didn't seem like it was so much work at the time, you know. And then I, I was selling stuff just because it was fun to sell and get the cool feedback, and and so I was selling collections and, and runs and, and just rebuilding them. You know, it was yep. easy to find stuff. So, you know, when I sold my first volume of Moon Knight, my complete first volume of Moon Knight, I thought no big deal. I mean, I could pick up most of this stuff in bins and pay less than cover or something like that. But those Stephen Pratt issues at the end uh, are really tough to get for anywhere de- close to a decent price. So there's yeah. like five or six of them. And um, so... I, I haven't been able to rebuild that one quickly like I thought I would. So I kind of have a little pang of regret for not having that again. Um, I sold my complete West Coast Avengers. Um, and, you know, there's that's just I haven't done enough diving into long boxes to find some of the missing ones there. I think I'm close to rebuilding that one. But, um, you know, it's it's fun to get the complete. But I like to get the complete, sell it, and start over. Yeah, you enjoy the hunt. You know, I, more than I, I used to have more time for that. I don't. Ha- I don't have as much time to to dig through boxes as, as I used to, and so um, I I can't as quickly bring that stuff back in. But yeah, it's I, you know selling uh, Secret Wars eight, um, and with the f- the first black uh, costume that was that was a tough one, um, because I I just assumed I'd find tons of those. And I, I don't run across those as much um, as, I, as I thought I would. At least everybody wants a lot more than retail on those. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things like that where I, <laughs> I sold it. I made good money. I made really good money on everything. I didn't take a bath on anything. Um, but, yeah, I, didn't, don't, I don't run across them like I thought I would after the fact. Um, is, he goes on to say, is there a comic you sold for a great price, but soon after it sold, the price dropped, and you couldn't believe you were able to get such a great price for it? <laughs> um, well, there's tons of stuff like that, oh, yeah. um, in the, especially in the moderns. Well, um, that's, the whole, that's the whole name of the game, right? Buy low, sell high. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the case for, for dumping uh, the hot book. Yep. Yeah, it might, yeah it, might, it might be a $100 book. But you, if you t- if you take twenty now, and you paid three, um, that that's that's good. That's a good idea. Um, and then sometimes stuff that I I've held on to, um, I I've held on to my wise, my the last man stuff. I've never sold those. Um, and and I, those are worth less. But around the same time as that was the Peter Panzerfaust was really really hot, and. Um, I almost pulled the trigger on a first Peter Panzerfaust, and that's was was several hundred dollars at the time, and I don't think it's worth anything anymore. I don't think anybody cares anymore about that one. So the, there's a lot of those. If I thought about it, I, I could probably come up with tons of those examples of where, you know, they I sold them, they dropped, um, they were just, and then some that I've decided to hold on to because I thought they'd be you know, triple digits, and they just never, never did do that. So I, I bet you don't run into that much in the comic biz because you, it comes in, it goes out. Yeah, um, you know, there's books that we, uh, so 
I think everybody probably knows, but if they don't, we price our books, especially the more modern books, on uh, eBay sold listings. That's just how we we price everything. We it's a global market, and if we have to sell it online, we know what we're going to get for it. So that's what we sell it for in the store. People aren't idiots; they can pull out their their smartphone and look at what it's going for as well. So um, the ones that we you know price to the market that. We've seen steep rises and drops. Were definitely New Mutants '98 after the leading up to, and then shortly after the first movie, the price really spiked, and it's come down a couple hundred dollars since then. I mean, it remains a great book to get and sell. I mean, especially if it's in, you know, nine four at the lowest, but nine six nine eight kind of territory. You know, you're looking at three fifty, four hundred for it generally, but it was topping out close to six hundred for a little while there. Um, you know, you go to Mile High and they'll sell to you for four grand, I'm sure, but that's a whole different pricing structure <laughs> in a different market. Uh, but, you know, for a lot of the moderns, bronze especially, uh, on up, and even Silver Age, uh, we, we pretty much price through eBay sold listings and we just follow the market trends. And, you know, it's one of those things where somebody comes in and says, you know, it looks like that book is selling for less on eBay. Uh, we'll go and check it out and we'll review it with them right there on the computer. And if it is, yeah, and if they want it, we'll give them to that price that it's going for. I mean, we we kind of have to follow the market. We can't set a market, so to speak. The only times that we can really set a market is if we do a store exclusive, uh, something along that lines. Then it's we are the only ones with the books, so we can set the market to what we want it to be. But yeah, by and large, um, we're just kind of followers of the trends. That's one I'll never sell. Is the uh, Cowabunga exclusive for Jimmy's Bastards? I I have that one uh, in a nice top loader signed by. Most of the staff at uh, Cowabunga <laughs> on my trip up there. So that's one that's uh, beautifully graffitied and on my wall. And uh, that that's one that I'll never, I'll never even get rid of it. Never even that was a fun day. That, that was, was a great, really fun day. Great day. Um, Garth Ennis and all those guys all signed it. Employees signed it and a couple, couple customers signed it. It was great. <laughs> I, had, I had tons of fun with that. Um, do you ever buy comics on eBay the same way you sell comics on eBay to get key issues or great covers? Or do you just get caught up on in the hype on a Wednesday and buy instead of sell? Um, I, I, I look at eBay for stuff. Um, occasionally I'll think, you know, I wonder if anybody's got any Werewolf by Night 32s, the first appearance of Moon Knight. That's kind of something I've owned multiple copies of over the years. And, uh, pick them up if I can. Um, so I'll look for those type of keys and other other keys. What I don't do is if I miss the boat on, you know, a Thanos 13 or something and uh, didn't order enough and sold them all, I don't I don't go chasing those on eBay. Um, uh, it's just me. Uh, and so, no, I, I, I either go, go to local comic shops in, in my area to look for them on the rack still, um, or I just, you know, say, oh, well, I missed the boat. Yeah, uh, we're fairly in the same boat. We don't do a ton of buying off of eBay. Uh, we will look sometimes and just kind of see, like, what's up for uh, buy it now, and the time might be expiring soon. And if there's something that we feel the customers in our shop would go for, we may do, like, a if they have a buy it now or best offer and there's, like, four hours left on it or a day left on it, we might throw, a, you know, not a ridiculously low-ball offer out there, but, you know, if it's a $150 book, maybe we'll throw them an offer for, like, 120 
and sometimes they'll take it because they just need to turn it and get rid of it and sometimes they won't you know and so we'll do that from time to time but not often uh predominantly we get enough stuff coming in i think this past week we had six collections come in um which was actually one of the more busy weeks as far as collections go that's Um, pretty good i would think yeah 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 i mean it wasn't we didn't have any of the 20 or 30 long box collections it was mostly like a long box or two long boxes kind of thing but yeah we we get enough coming through the doors that it keeps us fairly busy um those are all from uh aaron churchill so we want to thank you aaron for taking the time to send those um he wanted to uh get kyle's take on those but alas kyle is out for a couple weeks so um i'll 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 see if i can keep this and i might run them by him and see if he wants to weigh in whenever he deigns to return yeah if he returns yeah who knows he's down in uh tennessee or kentucky or something tromping around gallenberg maybe (laughs) i don't know i don't know where he is um i should go rifle through his comics while he's gone you should uh um uh, jason from hawaii sends us this i heard you might be flying solo for an episode so i'm lending a hand and i'm going to give you my pick of the week it's batman the dark prince charming hardcover book two of two by enrico marini it's a bit pricey at twelve ninety nine for sixty four pages, but it's beautiful art, and I think it's well worth the price. I've heard great things about this um, after the fact. I didn't know what it was when it first came out. Uh, you picked this up, right? Yes, I picked I, up the first and the second printing of it. Yeah, I, you were telling me about it, and I really think I missed the boat on that one. Um, it just it was it was a weird release. I didn't know enough about what was going on. It. Weird number of pages, weird price. And yeah, so it's a twelve ninety nine hardcover issue. Yeah, which is uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like three issues, sixty four pages. So um, that's not too far out of whack. But no, I, having I just, the hardcover on it definitely adds value. Yeah, and so I didn't really know what was going on, um, and and now I think I, I really missed out on it, and it, it's kind of cool. Uh, I'll I'll read it sometime digitally just to check it out, um, and then maybe when they collect both hardcovers and one i can i can pull the trigger then yeah it's it's gorgeous stuff um i got the first one it just sounded really cool i got it i read it and i absolutely loved it and then they came out with the second printing and it had a different cover uh by marini and his i don't know his artwork just really jumped off the page to me the cover was beautiful and i kind of said you know what i'm i'm in for the whole thing on this one because i knew it was only going to be essentially two issues two books everyone look at it um so I got it. I'm hoping that they do a second print of number two so that I can have, you know, the two two print sets. But, yeah, those are on the shelf. Those aren't going anywhere. Those are for me. They're It's really cool stuff. So, Jason, I agree 100%. <laughs> nice. Um, in other news, uh, investors are expecting Comcast's new bid for 20th Century Fox any minute now. Prior to the announcement of a deal between Disney and Fox, it was reported that one of the key reasons... Fox rejected Comcast's initial bid was because the company feared the deal would fall through due to antitrust concerns. But with the approval of the AT&T and Time Warner merger, uh, that works in Comcast's favor, favor, and it spurred it to finalize an all-cash offer for 20th Century Fox, which is now said to be in the advanced stages. So um, that means... So that means perhaps Disney's not going to acquire Fox, and therefore those 
uh, of us who have surmised that well, if Disney buys Fox, then they'll get the X Men back and to the fold for Marvel Studios and Fantastic Four uh, when those contracts expire. Uh, that might not be the case now. Um, maybe uh, Comcast, if they get Fox, they'll keep those in place and continue to crank out those movies. So um, I, I'm not sure what this really means, except uh, a lot of corporations gobbling each other up and it's never going to be lower prices for us. <laughs> yeah, and I guess there's there's a lot of questions around if Comcast gets this right. I mean, you got to think about Rupert Murdoch. He's you know older than dirt, and yep. at this point, what do you think he wants? Was it eighty four billion dollars or whatever in cash, or you know a bunch of Mickey Mouse stock? What's he going to do with the Mickey Mouse stock? Right, nothing. Uh, so there's definite draw of straight up cash for him. Uh, then, of course, if you're Comcast, if you get the cash bid, what do you do? What's the quickest way to realize that money back? You know, I think the honest answer, if they looked at themselves, is to say, well, the smartest thing we can do is sell the licenses of the Marvel characters back to Marvel. We know Marvel wants them. They put in a bid for it. Um, so why wouldn't you do that? I mean, they're, they're not in a place to be making movies about it. I think we can all agree that, you know, some of the earlier Fantastic Four uh, Fox work was... Subpar. 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 Yeah. Yes. How, how amazing is that? We were on the same wavelength yes, of terms, yes. but um, definitely subpar. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's a quick money grab back for Comcast, in my opinion, if they were to sell sell those licenses back, because what's Comcast really getting out of the deal is they're getting the broadcast um, arm, they're getting a lot of the actual revenue generating pieces of Fox, you know, advertisements and television series, all that kind of stuff. And if that's really what they're more interested in or i guess i should say with a such a large cash offer it seems like that's what they would be more interested in than essentially a pocket in time of superhero movies of which they have no universe built um, and really no infrastructure to handle it so i'm if i was in comcast shoes i would certainly understand the purchase of fox with the intent to sell back the marvel characters to disney now the question i think that disney has to ask themselves is is this maybe a better move? It, do we want all of the broadcast components? We're standing up our own digital streaming service. We're doing all these things. Do we really need all of the excess baggage or is the drive really to try and get our superheroes back so we can continue to build our television and movie universes? Uh, so I think there's just a lot of questions out there and obviously neither of us are sitting in boardrooms talking about it, but no. uh, I guess for me, the ultimate end of the day is... I don't, I don't know if the mouse needs to own anything more. He, he seems to own half of the world. Um, Comcast is not my favorite company either, but at the end of the day, I don't care who owns Fox. I just think it would be nice if all of the Marvel superheroes were under one umbrella. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, I guess it, they, they have a they have a better track record than anybody else. So, I mean, I right. guess I have to give them the edge. And so, yeah, they should own their own properties again. Um, I mean, we know although, that they're they're going to be heading towards annihilation and, you know, a lot of that stuff. And uh, there's so many tie-ins back to, like, Silver Surfer and those pieces that, you know, if you're going to do go through to annihilation, you want to have all of your core characters right. represented. So, I mean, I think Sony's done a good job with, with the Spider-Man character. Uh, over the years, I think they've done a good job. We'll, we'll agree and, to disagree on some of that. And and te- Deadpool, I thought was fine. So they've done, Deadpool, they've, yes, they've done fine with that. Um, 
And I really liked Homecoming. I thought that was good, and I really enjoyed the first wave. Um, Homecoming was good, but I a lot of the Spider-Man stuff before that just I couldn't do the Tobey Maguire stuff. Man, that was bad in my opinion. Well, yeah, but it was early the, on in the in whining, sniveling Spider-Man is not my cup of tea. It was so early in in superhero movies, though. I, it was just great to see Spider-Man swinging and and shooting webs and stuff. That was really kind of groundbreaking at the time. At least so it wasn't felt that like going it. up against uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Was it the same time period? Maybe just shortly before, but I, I'm sorry, there's no comparison there. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I liked all, mo- almost all the X films and Wolverine movies uh, a lot more than most people did, but I thought they were all handled well by Fox. So They certainly um, cast Wolverine incredibly well. There's n- there's, there's nothing that can be said about that. Uh, Hugh Jackman was a wonderful yeah. Wolverine. So, yeah, they, they, they haven't mishandled the properties outside of Fantastic Four. I'll give you that. Um, I don't think they've been mishandled, but um, it, it makes sense to... Um, give them back to marvel i guess they've they've all had their shot at it so um well not give them back but sell them back at a tidy profit if you can of course yes um so we'll see um who knows this is this merger talk has been going on for a while we'll see what what happens and what that means if anything probably just another streaming service that i won't want to subscribe to Uh, turns out Ethan Van Skyver is exiting DC Comics after a 14-year run with the company um, to do some creator-owned stuff. Um, I get it. You're an artist. You can't really do an ongoing for the big two and your own. It's really hard to be that prolific. I don't know any people that are doing that. So um, yeah, you're either gonna have to, you're gonna have to shift gears, and uh, I, I hope uh, I look forward to seeing what he what he cranks out and uh, he, he's a good artist. Yeah, he's a great artist. I think part of this is um, he's come under fire a lot over the last couple of years due to his political stance. And I think that to a certain degree that played a factor in this, whether it was him not uh, just not wanting to have to deal with it anymore. Uh, I don't know if DC was getting sick of having some of their name kind of get thrown around and things that really were, to me, a lot of trolling as opposed to actual factual things. But uh, regardless of that, yeah, Cyberfrog was something that he started quite a while ago. It went on hiatus. He did um, a lot of great work at DC, specifically in the Green Lantern realm. Uh, did a lot of work with Jeff Johns on both uh, Green Lantern and Flash Rebirth books. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Cyberfrog. Clearly, there is a strong following for him out there. His Indiegogo, I want to say he was looking for $8,000, and within like the first five or six days it, it was up over 180,000 so that'll take uh, care of printing yep that should cover a few costs uh so i think that there's a lot of excitement around getting Cyberfrog back and kind of letting ethan do his thing i mean we we all know that he went through a a spurt of time where he was you know having some deadline issues and um there were some some just some things going on i think in his family life he had at that time, his son was younger, so he was trying to spend more time with him. and So there's just a lot of things going on, and now he's really committed himself to hitting deadlines. He was doing really good with his uh, Hal Jordan book. Um, so hopefully that carries over and can translate into some great success with Cyberfrog. I'll have to dust yeah. off my copies and reread them. <laughs> there you go. I, I, that's the first I'd ever heard of that title, so I, I'm not aware of it. So it's, it's now on my radar. 
It was typically found in dollar book uh, bins. I don't know if it's going to jump in price with him re- restarting it. We'll see, but yeah, definitely definitely a dollar bin book. Okay. Uh, we have a new publisher on the horizon, oh, Ahoy Comics, H A H O Y. Um, yeah, and it's some. It's going to be launching with some titles in September. Uh, this is a group of editors from Vertigo. Um, staffers from Vertigo. I don't know if they're all editors or not. That are starting this company, and um, we'll see where that goes. It's always nice to see a new. A new publisher, we we might get another Aftershock or Black Mask or somebody like that, which is, which was a or Alterna, which was a nice addition to the landscape. Um, it's just such a tough market, guys. I hope hope uh, you got a plan. For, well, uh, they've got some stuff going for them because uh, Jamal Eigel is going to be working on one of these. Uh, obviously, he's done a lot of work with DC. They've got Grant Morrison doing a um, a backup prose entry in one of their books um and they're 30 what 40 pages for 3.99 yeah so i think it's in the the book called the wrong earth which is a six issue mini by is this pyre what the heck is his first name mr pyre (laughs) um i'll go with mr pyre tom pyre Tom Pyre with Jamal Eigel. So uh, Jamal obviously has done, like I said, a ton of DC work. And then in the back of that is the Grant Morrison prose novel called HUD, Hornets Holiday in Hell with illustrations by Rob Steen. And there's also a mock Golden Age story about Dragonfly sidekick Stinger. Um, so there's there's going to be a lot more content in it. I think that was one of their big sticking points was Ahoy stands for Abundance, Humor, Originality, and Yes! Oh, part of that is okay. uh, getting a little more value for the dollar uh, with a few more pages of extra things. Uh, High Heaven is the other book, also 40 pages for three ninety nine. is a backup story by Tom Pyre and Chris Giarusso. So there's definitely, I mean, these guys, they, they have industry contacts, clearly, working with Vertigo. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, getting a few more pages for the dollar is not a bad thing. Good for them, and uh, I will sample them all. I, I, I like to check out new publishers and their work and see what they're up to. So if um, I usually have a pretty low bar for those first issues. I just want to check them out, and then um, then we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Now we should either – let's talk about uh, our previews order that's coming up. Okay. Um, Kyle can't weigh in, but we'll t- take care of it. We'll, this will give you guys um, – about a week before it's due um, uh, for most people, and if you got a great shop like I do at Kawabunga, you can you got an extra week basically to get that in. Um, so where do you want to start? You want to start at the beginning of previews with uh, image? Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Now I'll preface this by saying you know I'm not a big specker, so I'm going to go through the books that I plan on getting. Uh, but I can call out a couple of things. Obviously, you've got your image number ones that a lot of people tend to sample and then maybe spec a little bit on was there any of the image number ones that caught your eye i think for me it was cold spots this is the part everybody loves when they hear me flipping pages don't think of it as flipping pages think of it as inspiration and excitement being sprinkled down upon you well i'm excited about leviathan um i like john layman a lot and uh the art pages i'm looking at are really great and this is a Nick Batara doing the art, and yes. so um, having Layman who did Chew on another book, um, I, I enjoyed his Egret 
book that he did. I thought that was fine. So Eleanor and Egret, I think that was was that aftershock. Or was uh, that I think Black it was boom, boom, boom. I can't. That could be wrong. Uh, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Nick Patara, the artist. So he he's usually paired up with Jonathan Hickman. Uh, he, he did, did the Manhattan, Manhattan Project. That's right. Yep. And yeah. he also did my one of my favorite little four issue miniseries, which is the Red Wing. Okay, uh, I don't even know that. Yeah, it's a fun little four issue uh, series. That was Hickman did the writing. Pitar did the art, and Rachelle Rosenberg did the uh, coloring. Cool, cool. Um, so you're you're looking at cold spots, though. Yeah, I put a little question mark next to that one. I think I might uh, might give that one a little little look see. They call it. They're going to launch this as a mini series. Yeah, they're not even, they're not even going to play <laughs> around and say, "Oh, it's an ongoing," until it's right. Not. So tell me call- what it is right off the bat. So Colin Bunn doing the writing and uh, art by Mark Torres. Um, what's this thing about psychological terror the undead and a supernatural bitter cold comes together in this spine tingling new series all right it's colin bunn i mean he's he's proven that he's got the chops for doing a lot of the um horror noir type stuff he's he's done some work i think over at dynamite with it with boom he had what was the one at boom that was in the mental hospital unsound was that what it was yeah i think it was unsound yeah yeah Uh, yeah, he's he's got away with it so i think i might give that one a shot i am not too interested in this crowded thing Uh, you know something that's based you know it's about apps and uh work reap uh like bodyguards for hire and hitmen for hire or something with apps. I've, I've kind of seen that stuff before, so I'm probably skipping that one. Okay. Yeah, I think the next one I had was uh, I put a question mark next to Hey Kids Comics number one. Yeah, I like Howard, Howard Chaykin a lot. Um, it's the first time I've seen him with his middle name, <laughs> Howard Victor Chaykin. I've never seen him listed that way before. Maybe I haven't read enough of his stuff. Yeah, this one kind of seemed kind of fun to me just because it talks about some of the actual things that happen in the comic book industry. Um, they said they changed some of the names to protect the innocent and guilty, but I think we'll we'll kind of know what it is. But yeah, a little look behind the curtain at the comics industry I think is kind of, kind of a fun idea. Uh, for those of you uh, still collecting Walking Dead like me, uh, they, they are giving images selling a Walking Dead... Uh, short box, which is pretty sweet. Um, lists at retails at thirteen ninety five, a little pricey, but um, it's it's pretty. Good way to stick all your comics in, right? Yeah, I think I only have two other things in image for myself. I've been getting the Dead Hand, really been enjoying that. Yeah, that one's um, the one I, that didn't click with me right off the bat, but I've heard it was really good, and I kind of missed the boat on it. Yeah, it's, I've really been enjoying it. And then the other one is uh, The Last Trade for Killer Be Killed. I'm a, I'm a Brubaker sucker. I will pretty much read anything that he puts out. And you don't you read that in trade, not single issues? I may get both mm. because my retailer gives me a good discount. <laughs> you can double dip, <laughs> double dip on that. Yeah. Very few things I will do that on, but the things I do, I'm, I'm a sucker. Maestro's been great um, by Steve Scrochi. I've really liked it, and and the story arc is winding down with issue seven. Always really pretty and beautiful to look at. Um, I don't know what's 
going on in Paper Girls, but I'll of course be checking that out. That'll be on my Beauty 22. That'll be on my pull list. Royal City, of course, is going to be getting that. Um, Skyward, I'm really enjoying. I think that's fantastic. Snot Girl's really good. Um, and then uh, we have a cover B on for Walking Dead 182. Um, who is that? I can't even tell. That's interesting. Oh, it's on page 81. The cover is that a that's a 15th anniversary variant by Bill Sienkiewicz. Yep. But I don't know who that is. Maybe Maggie. I don't know. I th yeah, it's Maggie. Yep. Alright. Well, you ready to go to Dark Horse then? Sure. Let's do it. Well, I'm super excited about the seeds. Yeah. Uh, I like David Aja a lot. Or Aja, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, and then Anna Senti. Not a huge fan of hers, but I, I like David Aja enough to um, to overlook that. We'll see. It, it might be might be great. It just might be cool to look at with really interesting art because he does some interesting art stuff so it's definitely one that I'm going to check out and I'll probably get a couple let's see uh, for me I have a young small child so I'll be getting the Disney Frozen Breaking Boundaries my daughter is a mega Elsa fan so <laughs> that's, a, that's a must um, nice. again Disney farming off their young adult properties or their kids' properties. Um, I may pick up the Super Mario Encyclopedia. Probably not the limited edition, but maybe the regular hardcover. That was my my era. Um, been getting Sword Daughter. I love Brian Wood. First issue was really good. So I'll probably haven't had a chance to read the second one, but I will continue getting that. Um, what else you got? I've got, I think, one or two more things. Well, you know, Harrow County's finished up, so the final hardcovers and trades are out. Um, Resident Aliens already finished, so that's there's, there's not much else that I read in Dark Horse. Really, everything's kind of finished, wrapped up. Black Hammer is really the only thing left. That's something that I go to each and every month. Yeah, so the couple of things kind of along that line are uh, Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrow's trade paperback. I haven't been getting it in singles, but uh, I have been getting all of the uh, Lemire work that ties into the Black Hammer world. I've been getting them in trade, so I'll be picking that up. Um, world of Tanks Citadel 4 of 5 by Ennis. I'll be yep, obviously definitely. getting that. And then there's a kid's book where, I don't know if folks uh, have listened or do listen to John's comic book page. I did a little entry on it, but Conspiracy of Ravens, uh, probably more for my wife and my daughter, but um, similar to Harry Potter, kind of has a magical bent to it, kind of geared towards the upper middle school to high school age, I think, uh, kind of female audience, but I'll, I'll read it too. Um, but it's written by Leah Moore who happens to be Alan Moore's daughter. Uh, and as I said on my little audio bit for John, um, I kind of let the whole Stephen King, Joe Hill thing pass me by going, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. 
And, uh, you know, I just recently went back and read all of Lock and Key. It was fantastic. So I'm not going to let this one pass by. I'm going to give it a shot. And that pretty much does it for me in the, uh, in the old Dark Horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm struggling a little bit in IDW as well. Um, not much of anything, really, that, that stands out to me. Well, you skipped over DC, Captain. Oh, I did. I did. And you know why? Because um, it's in its own little booklet. Because my retailer didn't ship me a DC or Marvel insert this month. You should have gotten two of them. I did not. Mm. I did not. And um, I, I'm going to let it slide because love you guys. So, And Kyle got his, so that's all right. And he gets he opens the box, so he gets dibs. That's Which makes he, me wonder if uh, he doesn't have both of them because they were together. You know, I wouldn't put it past books. And he's not here for me to... to, to you know Question. what? I'll take the hit on that because usually I stuff them inside. But when DC came out with their own, it was too thick on the binding. I might have to do. I might have to find a new way to package them so somebody doesn't just pull them out and leave them on the side. Because I know I put two in there. That's okay, man. I'm mm. fine. I've got I've got the electronic version. All right. So DC. Uh, oh, Super Hi-ho, Sons. Hi-ho. I'm so excited about Super Sons being back. I I was on suicide watch there for a while when they decided to cancel <laughs> it, and so. Um, I love that series, it, and so I'm glad to see it's back. Now, although this is 12 issues, you know, it is uh, Peter Tomasi again, so um, I'll take it, and uh, I'm excited about that. I'm also really excited about uh, Sandman Universe. I mean, I'm anxious to see what they do, and if it reclaims any of that old magic that I enjoyed um back in the early Vertigo days with the original series, which I didn't really feel with Overture. And Overture was just plagued by delays and um, didn't quite capture me. So I'm hoping uh, it's more of the former instead of the latter. Yeah, it's always it's always a roll of the dice when you've got a story by someone written by, in this case, four different people underneath it. And I, yeah, I'm hoping that, like you, I'm hoping it really pulls it together and and delivers what fans want because the Sandman universe by Gaiman is it's always been one of the um one of the pocket sellers for us you know we've we've got Sandman we've got Why the Last Man you know we've got a couple of those titles that are just fantastic vertigo titles that everybody loves and Sandman being one of them and when it kind of when they solicit something new boy we sh- we sure hope it goes well so we at least know that the A cover by Jay Lee will be great yeah definitely <laughs> um, I'm going kind of down this this list and I might be jumping around as far as your pages are concerned so just interrupt me whenever um, Batman King of Fear number one Kings of Fear number one is Kelly Jones who's pretty cool on art I like that guy and uh, Scott Peterson doing the writing so and who's doing your variant I don't know who's doing my variant I don't see that <laughs> Bill Sienkiewicz oh nice I so there's a plus one for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, that I sometimes there's too much Batman, but I don't feel that way now. So uh, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, I've got um, you know prior to the DC proper stuff, I have both Pearl and Scarlet. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Gatos doing Pearl, and uh, Scarlet is Bendis and Malieve. Um, I'm yeah. If Bendis is going to put it out. I'm going to read it. This is part of the Jinx World stuff. So yeah, I read I'm some totally Scarlet. I, I've read some Scarlet. I, is it a reprint or is it just continuing story? 
Uh, I believe that this is brand new story just building off of what was already there. Okay. And Pearl's new. Pearl is all new, and it sounds like it's going to have kind of a Jessica Jones-esque type feel to it. Wow, that's great. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we right? need that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah. So that's going to be good. And then uh, shortly... I think the next page in the main in the actual DC previews is Batman and the Justice League manga volume one. Um, oh, I think neat. this is a really really awesome idea. Getting typical superheroes that everybody knows into manga, um, it's going to be two hundred pages for twelve ninety nine. It's going to be the typical manga presentation, and I, I'm excited about this. I, I'm starting to get into more and more manga, and I think this is a really cool thing. So this might be something actually too for you, Drew. I know you tried. Uh, which what manga did you try? You you read an issue of or a book of something on your tablet that we were talking about on Slack not that long ago. Oh, I did, I did just read um, World's End Harem. Oh my yeah, God. that was really good. But it, it was yeah. uh, it was like Why the Last Man only um, uh, a manga book, and it was um, it was really good. So yeah, occasionally when I pick them up, um, I, I sample them from time to time, and sometimes they hook me. And you know, all that boom stuff that I'm reading is basically. American. It's just version. Americanized versions, yeah, like yeah. Fence and yeah, F- Fence yep. and the, the Dodge City and um, Slam. Uh, yep. They're they're all like that sports manga genre, and so I like those. So it, it, it's not like I'm clamoring for new stuff to read. I, you know, my pull list is twenty five to thirty books a week. That that keeps me really busy. But when good stuff pops up. I, I read it, and uh, this is a this is a rabbit hole that I'm scared to death to go down because it's a huge rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of tricky. I because there's like four or five different types of manga and understanding what falls into what. And the the one thing that I look at it and I I have the same fears like holy crap. But then I think about it, it's like, well, what do those people think when they come to an American comic book store and like, well, I want to read a Batman. Which oh, yeah. one do you go with? Which one do you start, right? So it's it's no different. Um, the nice thing, though, is that the page count for the dollar is quite favorable. You know, yes. between 10 and $13 for 200-plus pages, is that's a pretty good deal. Um, it's black and white, but still great. And they don't get so, – they don't, have like, have a single artist doing these books. They have, like, a team, right, working on them? It depends. It depends on what it is. It depends on um, – it's release cadence cycle. So if it's a book that you have one guy that can do it and get it out, it'll have one artist and sometimes the same writer and artist. Um, sometimes the manga folks will do it somewhat similar to how we'll have like an OGN. They'll just do like a one book manga that either may come out serialized or it may just come out as one. Uh, and then there are the studio ones where they kind of have like a house style where we've got one master uh, artist who teaches and coaches a couple of others and, and they work through it. So it really depends on the cadence and the scheduling from what I understand. Um, with any of these uh, crossovers between Looney Tunes and DC, this next wave of them, is there another Tom King, Elmer Fudd in a, in this group? Yeah, so you've got, what are the four? We've got Catwoman and Tweety and Sylvester, Harley Quinn and Gossamer, Daffy Duck and Joker and Lex Luthor and Porky Pig. I'm I'm making a bet that Catwoman and Harley Quinn are going to be pretty high orders. And I'm kind of feeling like Lex Luthor and Porky Pig might be, could be the one. I don't know. I'm. It's Mark Russell has a chance. Yeah. 
and that that was a big thing for me. Um, and then the Joker Daffy Duck is Scott Lobdell. So no. So, <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I, I guess the Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, Harley Quinn Gossamer, I feel like that's just going to be more of the same Harley that we've known. And that, that to me doesn't speak of like the, the bat fud. Um, and then Catwoman Tweety, I like Gail Simone, but eh. Yeah. I'm not getting the fuzzy. So I think for me, the big one that I circled was Lex Luthor Porky Pig. What's going what do you on? Think? What's going on in your in your hotel room? Is that a giant fan or? Oh, I think it was the air conditioner just kicked oh, okay. in. Okay, man, it's hot as Hades down here. Holy <laughs> smokes. It was Ninety degree stuff. This pasty white Wisconsin, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that don't know, I'm in North Carolina, uh, getting ready to go to HeroesCon. So, pardon me, wilting in the heat. HeroesCon is cool, man. That's awesome. I've always wanted to go to that. I want to do that someday. Someday. Um, I do want to back up real quick. I, so there's a sleeper here, I think, potentially. Potentially. So Supergirl 21. It's kind of wedged on the preview stuff. It's wedged between all of these crossover specials and a don't let the penguin drive the Batmobile hardcover. But um, Supergirl 21 has a tie-in to the uh, Kryptonians wiped out by Rogel's R. So Rogel's R obviously is Bendis' new, new creation that came in and wiped out Krypton, which sent Superman to Earth, and I just kind of have this feeling like there might be a little bit of a demand for this book because of the tie-in aspect. So that's just me kind of reading between the lines. And I see yep. in the solicit it has Rogelzar listed once, twice. So you know, if you aren't getting Supergirl but you're digging the Bendis stuff, maybe something worth looking at. Now, um, this might be the first previews where we have double shipping books that are three ninety nine. Are you getting any pushback uh, from any of your subscribers about the three ninety nine for a book they got to buy twice a month now? I think people honestly have become pretty desensitized with Marvel doing the twice a month Spider Man's and yep. Star Wars and. Yep. Deadpool having 16 titles every two weeks and half of them are 9.99. I think people are kind of desensitized. Um, you know, the, the people that are buying in the store, um, they're not getting the large mail order discounts. Um, so they are, you know, their budget's their budget. You know, they may have 15, 20 books, so it may mean they drop a book. Uh, or if they keep the books, it's it's not as hard to stomach when they're buying them weekly but for some of the mail order folks that are getting you know 40 50 books a week uh you start adding a buck onto that if you're not getting a discount that adds a substantial amount of money over the course of the month where you know adding 40 to 50 cents per issue isn't quite as as hard to to stomach so not not a ton of pushback yet um i kind of wrongly assume that if when the, when they transitioned to three ninety nine, then they would go to monthly again. Um, but it looks like they're maintaining uh, twice a month for some of the titles, not all of them, but some of them. Yeah, I think you know, like Batman, obviously, Detective, Flash, Green Arrow is going to stay monthly. Wonder Woman surprise. Will be done twice. I thought I thought Wonder Woman would go to month once a month for sure. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- yeah. Uh, oh, Catwoman, you got another Archer variant on number two. Probably going to be Purdy. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what was that? 
that, was that my air conditioner in your background. <laughs> that's my stupid dog. <laughs> Out of control. Um, let's see. Oh, for some reason, I I don't read um, Suicide Squad, but I did put a circle by it. So let me see if I can get to that solicit and see what the heck is going on and why I would have circled it. Uh, oh, it's written by Colin Bunn. That's oh, why. I got it's you. an annual written by Colin Bunn. Apprehend escape inmate Solomon Grundy Ragdoll and Merlin head into the muck surrounding Bell Rev. I have it listed as issue 45. Is it an annual? Yeah, Suicide Squad Annual 1. Uh, this is Rob Williams. Uh, no, on mine it says Suicide Squad Annual 1 written by Colin Bunn. There you go. I'll trust Fantastic. you. Um... Yeah, I mean, then I, I get the Wonder Woman. My wife reads Wonder Woman, so I get the cover bees. So she gets the book, I get the cover. Um, and then there's a few random trades here and there. Uh, the Batman Catwoman, the wedding album, deluxe hardcover, $17.99. Our mail order is going to be 50% off, so that's what? That's uh, 9 bucks. Not bad. Hardcover. Um Impulse by Mark Wade and Humberto Ramos, Omnibus. That's hundred bucks, so fifty bucks. So yeah, that's um, that's what I got in DC personally. Fantastic! Yeah, it's 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 a good selection for sure. IDW, I'm with you. I actually only have two things in IDW: Big Hero Six Number Two and My Little Pony Ponyville Mysteries. I bet you you can guess who those two books are for. Well, they're for you. Of course, they're my favorites. <laughs> of course. Let's see. Uh, next is Marvel. Next is Marvel. Okay. <laughs> Pull them up. I think obviously right off the bat, FF one. Yeah. Much everyone that I know is gonna at least at least taste it and see. Nice cash grab five five ninety nine for that. You betcha and. 10,000 covers to go with it. Don't know why we're relaunching Punisher. Um, what was wrong with the legacy number? I don't know. But it is Matthew Rosenberg writing still. He's been doing a good job with Punisher. And uh, Greg Smallwood doing a cover. And I love Greg Smallwood. So, But another cash grab for a $4.99 book. Oh, and then, of course, we're going to redo Infinity Wars. Gotta have that. The Infinity Wars is gonna have a meter exceed three hundred percent for a Deodato premiere. If you can get that one, usually we're limited to two copies per store. Sometimes we can get more, but that would probably be an Infinity Wars one. That might be one to look at getting if you can. Yeah. Um. I'm just trying to look at some of the variants here that might be good. A lot of remasters, one in 500s, one in 1000s. Um, Venom Moon. First Host. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah. we got we got a, just a Moon Knight 198. We're only two from 200. Wouldn't it suck if they renumbered when they hit 199? Oh my goodness, I would cry. I, <laughs> I would. Just... You would. You would be outside CV's office, banging your fists yes. on the door. The good news. The good news is that Jason Burroughs is back. Uh, for during this arc, so that's cool. The other guy was all right, but um, Jason Burroughs is better. All right, so here's what I've I've got here. We've got a Venom first host. 
And that's going to be, I think, a good one to read. And then Web of Venom Venom, which I'm really looking forward to. Did you read Venom 1? Yes, I liked Venom 1 a lot. And uh, this, what is it? This this uh, war comic that he's doing? The Web of Venom Venom. I think so. Okay, so are you like me where Venom's not necessarily the most attractive character? Yeah, it hasn't been. No. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I've dabbled and it's been kind of meh. Uh, but I picked up the Venom number one. I haven't read Venom two yet, but I picked up Venom one and was like, oh, heck yeah. Uh, the whole idea of previous Venoms and it being a war project. I think this web of Venom Venom is basically, I don't know if it's a one shot or if it's going to be a mini series. I can't imagine it being an ongoing, but it's basically, I think, tying into um, who Eddie was talking to about, you know, this is a military covert ops type thing. Yeah. And this is going to be the story of where it all came from. So I am pretty stoked about that. Well, Donnie Cates is uh, one of my favorite writers right now. He's crushing it. Stegman's great on art. And Goran Parloff doing a cover. I mean, come on. Yep. It's, it's pretty good combo there. So I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in on this one. And for those that think, boy, that Goran Parlov name is really, really familiar, that's one of the guys that does the war comics work with Garth Ennis. Yeah. So yeah. he knows how to capture that, that look and feel. Um, then we have the second issue of X Classified. Uh, any loose lips out there? Have we heard any kind of scuttlebutt on what that is yet? Not a thing. Man, they even get me started on it. They're doing good. They're keeping it, keeping no, it under it's, wraps. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. I don't know as how a, you order it. How would you order it as a store? How would you know you, what to do? It's very simple. You don't. I mean, <laughs> it's it's actually, we've told Marvel, multiple retailers have told Marvel, if you don't give us anything, we have nothing to go on with orders, and your books cost enough as it is, we're not going to order a ton. So if somebody wants it, we're going to get it for them, and we'll get a couple copies for the shelf. And you know what? We're probably going to miss out on something big, but this this is a complete shame on you move yeah. honestly yeah um it, it, i don't care it, you know i get it there's going to be one retailer we know for sure not naming any names who is going to loose lip it out to bleeding stool and it's going to be across everyone's you know news page and rich johnson's going to get lots of clicks and whatever right but it, it you're only hurting people by not giving us any information so naughty marvel i don't like it yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get it, though, because, you know, you can't trust retailers. Yeah, we're <laughs> a very, very untrustworthy group. Uh, I will say Captain America number two has a uh, meter exceed 150%, and it's all you can order Kirby remastered. Uh, so if some people have asked, can I get the remastered of this or that? And it's usually a 1 in 500 or 1 in 1,000. This is your opportunity to get a color Kirby remastered for Captain America 2. Uh, there is a black and white uh, remastered. I believe, but it's a one in 100. Yeah. So the colored one though, should be an open to order. Most people would probably be able to get it, but just be aware it's out there. And then there's also a Tony Stark, Iron Man three Mobius, um, same kind of thing. It's a meter exceed 150%. And, you know, on Donnie Kate's news, don't forget about cosmic ghost writer, um, second issues out. And, uh, I haven't read the first one yet because it's not out, but um, I'm excited about it because I really like that character in uh, Thanos. Yeah, and it has a Zafino 1 in 25 and a Super Log variant. I have no clue what that is. That's open to order. Any any uh, hype around the edge of Spider-Geddon? Anybody care? 
Um, some people are throwing it on their pull list, but it's, it hasn't been a big buzz thing, honestly. Yeah. Um, plenty of Deadpool, plenty of Star Wars. And now, you haven't seen uh, Solo, so you don't know who Beckett is, do you? I do know who Beckett is. I, I'm not a anti-spoiler person, so I'll go and read up and get the deets on stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in that. Now that I've seen it, it seems pretty cool. I think the only thing I've gotten the collected editions this month personally for myself is the Amazing Spider-Man hardcover Red Goblin. Obviously the tail end of Slot's run on ASM that has sold out multiple times over. 35 bucks for the hardcover, so 17.50 after discount. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to I don't have too much I mean, I've got little random sparse things here in the back. Do you just want to kind of go through it to uh, save folks a little time or anything in dynamite? Uh, nothing in dynamite. There's even that, anything in dynamite? Well, isn't there like a twenty-five cent uh, project superpowers or something like that? Yeah, I think there is. Or was that last time? That was last time. It was a ten center. Yeah, that was last time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Boom. Lumberjanes. There's an OGN, so um, I have a Lumberjanes reader that I get stuff for. So I'm going to get her that. Uh, you know, I've, and I've, then Shattered Grid. I've number ne- one. I've never read the boys by garth ennis and the the volume one is resolicited oh and dynamite yeah yeah that's that's a it's a great read honestly something i've always wanted to pick up and i never got around to that might be a good good thing to pick up um it's tough and yeah not a lot in dynamite that's doing anything for me uh let's see Boom! You already went. You already said uh, you're doing. Lumber yeah, the Lumberjanes OGNs, about, and then the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Shattered Grid Number One. Those are probably the. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of Matt Kent. Um, some of his stuff, not so much his his Valiant work. Um, although it's been good, it just um, hasn't clicked with me as much as Mind Management and other things that he's done. Um, so he's doing this Black Badge, and. Um, working with Tyler Jenkins on art. So uh, I like Tyler Jenkins as well. So uh, I like the preview pages I'm seeing. Um, it's, uh, they did the Grass Kings, which wasn't great for me, but I'm, I'm hoping this this is a little better. So uh, check out Black Badge maybe. That if those combinations of creators makes a big deal to you or, or rings your bell. Uh, that's probably it. For I'm really good until you get to Aftershock. Um, There's another fence. The Fence Man. Yeah. So Aftershock, what we got there? Uh, we got three new number ones. Beyonders, Volution, or excuse me, Volition, and the Hot Lunch Special. The one that sticks out to me is Volition. Beyonders is Paul Jenkins, so it's going to be weird. 
but sometimes good sometimes just weird <laughs> and volition is ryan parrot with omar frank francia uh, okay very dark yep cover b is nice yeah it, it's basically a dystopian future artificial intelligence uh robots that serve humanity they're second class citizens um but then there's something that a virus that comes through that threatens all the ai so now you've got a i'm guessing part of the struggle is gonna have to be to figure out well shoot if all the robots that do everything are gonna kick the bucket now we're gonna have to do it um but then there's kind of this savior that can come in and it's yeah Yeah. sounds good to me i'm in a hot lunch special by Elliot Rahol and Jorge Fornes. Um, I like Elliot Rahol's uh, paybacks and his, his take on Quantum and Woody. I thought that was good. Um, I'm not familiar with Jorge Fornes, but uh, this might be something I check out. Let's see. I really liked Walk Through Hell's first issue, so I'm, of course, going to get that Garth Ennis book. Yep, Absolutely. Hard to believe that baby teeth is already up to thirteen. Yeah, and one of the one of the longer runnings. I don't see. I don't see a lot of the stand. You know, the longer running series in here anymore. I don't see uh, insects. I don't see. You got an animosity evolution number eight. I don't know if uh, Marguerite's put down the main animosity line for good or if she's just. Yeah. Kind of going with this evolution and then she'll jump back. Yeah, I'm not sure. But. Got another new number one from Alterna um, called Blood Realm. Writing an art by Robert Geronimo. And Exilium. That's uh, by Ben Shabak and Salo Ferris. It's also $1.50. Gotta support the alternate guys. Still not doing anything for you guys up there. Um, we have we have a handful of folks that get it, but it's subs only. We're not stacking them on the shelf, unfortunately. Yeah. I'll have to look at the Amaral and uh, selections later. <laughs> get your guilty pleasures on yes yeah I'm looking I don't uh, I don't think I really have anything until we get to Coffin Comics I put a question mark on one well, I've got to go look at what that one is while you're let me get through Boundless yeah while you're uh, catching up Coffin is uh, La Muerta Retribution. Yeah. Let's see what that's about. I yeah. Think this yeah. might have been part of a Kickstarter. Yeah, it looks familiar. Cool cover. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh,. Basically, a woman going out to get some people, get some bads. Yeah. 
So yeah, that one. And then Drawn in Quarterly, that's my next one. Uh, so I'll go with that while you are checking ahead for your next one. So Drawn in Quarterly, I have Berlin Hardcover Complete Edition. Um, takes place in late 1920s through early 1930s Germany. Uh, basically fiction, fictional characters in a non-fictional setting with non-fictional uh, historical Happening so uh, it takes place in Germany, kind of between World War One and World War Two. Talks about some of the unrest that was going on, hyperinflation, famine, things like that, that led to uh, Adolf Hitler's rise to power. Uh, there was that restructuring of the government that created the Weimar Republic, and some of the components that the the government had um, put in place as ways to hopefully help, actually, are what Hitler used to hurt and kind of take supreme control over everything so i'm totally down with that and i'm getting the complete one because i think it's 40 or 50 bucks it's 50 bucks before discount or you can get the three trades that make it up for like 75 so seemed like a no-brainer to me you like um historical comics i do i'm i'm a history guy especially world war ii more in the pacific than in uh europe but i definitely enjoy learning more about kind of history um so that's that's a big thing for me and i also i don't know i've really been on a european kick lately between stuff that um titan's been publishing and lion forge they've kind of had some international things and i'm really kind of digging on the european flair so well i will give a shout out to um stabity bunny number seven uh since kyle's not here uh, we've been enjoying that series and uh, been flipping each each and every issue. So why should it stop now? And it's got a cool yin yang uh, cover on the cover of it. It's it's neat. Um, really cool kind of anthology series. It's it's pretty cool. And not one that I embraced early on, if you'll recall. <laughs> That's right. Did you ever end up eating that hat? I did. It was yummy. A lot of hot Was sauce. It? A lot of hot sauce. <laughs> okay. High fiber. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we've got a new one from Titan called uh, The Raid. And this is uh, a four-issue series, and it's written by Ollie Masters. Ollie Masters is the guy that did The Kitchen. I was a big fan of The Kitchen when it came out, I think, in Vertigo not so long ago. And it's been optioned. And it's going to be um, a series or a movie or something. Um, so, uh, this is one that you might want to hop on, um, you know, if, if he's going to continue to crank out IP, you want to get in on the ground floor. And I think this is one that, uh, that might be worth, worth checking out. A lot of, um, pages to check out in here over on page, uh, 380 and 381, but it's the raid, um, from Titan and it, it looks pretty darn good. Very cool. I'm going to backtrack just a bit to Red 5 Comics. Please do. Uh, Red 5 Comics put out a was it Chasing Hitler mini. I think it was four issues. And now they've got this Riptide four-issue miniseries, so one of four. Um, I think the, the idea here is, again, we're doing kind of historical-esque things that have a strange take. So the whole Chasing Hitler was Hitler escaping to Central or South America, which... Yeah, what'd you think of that? I thought it was fun. Yeah, um, it was I fun. I also like the hunting Hitler uh, 
I think it's on History Channel. Okay. They have the Huntley, Hunting Hitler thing. I really like that. Uh, again, World War II history. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the new one that they got is Riptide Number 1. Um, the cover of the book looks strikingly like the Titanic. But basically, it's the idea is there's kind of a gravitational force that is kind of caused by some object. And the seawater rolls back hundreds of miles, kind of uh, extreme low tide, so to speak. The, there's a girl that's on a cruise liner and a couple other passengers and the cruise liner obviously doesn't have water so there's something it's it's a doomed ship but they find themselves stranded in alien landscape once hidden under the waves so that sounds cool be kind of a fun one yeah um what else looks like titan's publishing a lot of these um hard case crime imprint books now as trades instead of single issues it's kind of a bummer Um, they've they've been good though. I've enjoyed them in single issues. So, I'm just well, they do have one going on in singles. It's Mike Hammer. It's not going to be on the third issue. That'll be a great one. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're a hard case crime, Mike Hammer, and I actually got kind of a little snippet from the Titan Comics folks at C two E two, and they said if if you like Normandy Gold. Oh. Mike Hammer, I guess, is another another one right along in line. And cool. He, the guy that I was talking to actually thought he liked it a little bit better. Um, I sampled The Prisoner, that first issue. And yeah, how was that? It was really great. I really liked it. Um, I had never seen or seen much of that old television series that was like in reruns. Yeah. Um, and But this... So I just kind of went in cold, not really knowing what was going on, and and I really liked that setup of the first issue. So I'm looking forward to more of this. Um, and it does have the first volumes out in trade. Um, nice art, good story. It sucked me in for that first issue. So um, cool. It worked for me. Cool. Yeah, I think the last thing that I have is in the manga section for me. Go ahead. I don't know. All right, so in Viz Media, we've got Black Torch number one, volume one. Um, it sounds like a, I don't know, a really fun manga. I've gotten into things like uh, uh, Death Note was one, and I think it's kind of along the same tone, same lines. They've kind of got it in the margin that you might like it, but it's uh, this guy who basically his whole life has been able to talk to animals. And he ends up picking up a cat, and this cat takes him to kind of a magical realm, uh, and it's a ends up being a, a war going on between ninjas and demons. So this uh, kid finds himself kind of right in the middle of that. It sounds good to me. I don't know. I really liked the, at least the first two thirds of Death Note, so I'm gonna give that one a shot. But I think that's it. That's pretty much what I've got personally. Yeah. Um. It's good stuff. Lots of lots of stuff in there. Um, I've just cracked it. I'm I'm not complete with my order yet. Um, so I have uh, some some more research to do. But the, there's a lot of lot of possibilities there, and uh, we hope that's helped a little bit with your you guys putting your orders together. And uh, don't forget if if you think it's gonna if you think it's gonna spike, uh, get a couple copies. That's right. Let's shoot over to um, an FOC. Quick, you want to do an FOC? Yeah, we can do a quick hit through the FOC. Pop that up. Uh, 
so so that was what we just did was the previews of items that are what is it this is June June previews so that means they'll be coming out uh, August Yep. Right? Mostly, or August, September, probably. August, September. August, yeah. September. Mostly August, I think. Um, so now we're looking at items that are FOCing in a couple of weeks, and they'll be releasing in early July, mostly. Right. Mostly these are July 11th releases. Some a little later, but... Correct. Um, so this is your last crack at adding um, some early July order um, items to your order. So yeah, um, basically what I've got based on sales in the store, what's been flying off the shelves and people have been asking for would be uh, Flash. The Flash number 50 variant is absolutely gorgeous. The Matina variants have been flying off the shelf, so that's going to be one. Uh, Hawkman 2 variant, again, this is a Stepan Sage variant. The first one seemed to gain a little bit of heat. That was a big one. Uh, and then Suicide Squad 40, what did I say, 44? Is that what it is? Suicide Squad 44 variant. Again, Francesco Mattina flying off the shelves um, every print that comes out. So I would, from the DC variants, those are the ones that I'm seeing as items not to, to miss. Now, before you go too far, I did, I did mm-hmm. want to touch on um, the... Uh, she could fly from Dark Horse, yeah. Which is the is the the creator and showrunner of of Halt and Catch Fire, and if you've seen that show uh, and love it like I do, um, I'm willing to definitely check out how this folk this guy uh, writes for comics because uh, it's got a crisp look to the cover by Martin Marazzo, but the guy's name is uh, Christopher Cantwell, um, and he was showrunner on Halt and Catch Fire. So um, I think that's definitely one you want to check that out. And also, it's a Karen Berger uh, Berger Books imprint, and uh, she's has a, a long history of, of good selections at, in the Vertigo line back in the day. So um, I think uh, that's one that you should definitely pick up and uh, check out. Yeah, that was a good catch. I completely went over it because the cover did not catch me. Looks a little bit like the Skyward cover. Yes, hauntingly, yes. <laughs> um, I did uh, also go over Detective Comics 984 variant by Mark Brooks. Very, very, very good artist. This is Batman on the roof on top of the kind of gargoyle hockey head. And then in the background you have a Harley Quinn in her kind of jesters outfit uh, with the dancing jesters casino neon sign. So that's kind of a cool one. I bet you that'll go pretty quick too. Which one was that? Detective 984 variant. And what I've been able to piece together with DC is they're printing their variants a lot tighter to the FOC orders than they are the A covers. Yeah. So if you're on the fence, claim it or else don't be upset when you can't get it. Yeah, and this um, this is the Brian Hill arc. Uh, this is like the second Correct. issue of the Brian Hill arc, which uh, I really like him. So I'm all in on this. Um, I probably missed 983, actually. I'm going to have to check and see if you can get that for me. Because I like Brian Hill a lot. Yeah. So you, we should double dip on uh, on Detective Cover A and B, I think. 
Uh, Superman, you've got a couple of different covers. Superman 1 has a, a Hughes variant and a David Mack variant. The Mack one is very watercolory. And the Hughes one is very uh, Hughes action-y. <laughs> <laughs> so, then there's a black and white. That's a 1 in 100 by Joe Prado and Yvonne Race. Yeah, that's a pretty nice cover, too. Yeah, that's the main A cover, just in black and white. Anything else in DC for you, sir? Well, is anything special about uh, Wonder Woman 50? They're doing anything exciting in that issue? Doesn't look like mm, it. No, haven't really heard anything. Nope, that'll do it for me for DC. Okay. I mean, the Jenny Frizen cover, but... But yeah, can't know that already. Can't see it. Uh, can't see it. Although it's great. it'll be good. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I don't really have much from an FOC standpoint, especially for spec books out of IDW. Ever. Um, yeah. About the best thing you can look at would be like your TMNT one and ten Eastman covers. This one is TMNT Urban Legends. It's a 1 in 10 Eastman. Not a lot of shops get these because you have to order enough. And yeah. It's, it's kind of a cool cover. Can, um, can you take a look at the Weatherman second printing cover for me? I can. However, the one thing I do want to point out before we get out of IDW okay. is there is some buzz behind this Transformers Unicron. Oh, okay. Um, there is a 1 in 25 Francovia cover. Which is an Optimus, and it's uh, it's actually kind of a cool cover. <laughs> um, so that one might get a little bit of heat. The one in fifty is a Petri de Rocher, I think is how you pronounce it. But I don't know. I'm trying to pull it up here and see. What it, it doesn't like. look like normal Francovia either. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Not really murky and stuff, so it's that's nice. Right. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about this one a little bit offline. Ooh. I got a question for you on it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Weatherman number one, second print. So Weatherman, we completely sold out of. Uh, it did not last through Wednesday, which is a great thing. However, you click on the link, it goes to page not found. So I don't know what the heck is up with that. Okay. I, I thought it was just my, my copy. Nope. Okay. Nope. It It is... Uh, I'll, I'll Google that later. Looks like that one is broke. Diamond would never put out a broken page. Never. No. Never. Or sometimes their whole uh, site's down. <laughs> yes, which is great when it's five minutes before FOCs do. Uh, um, oh, Farmhand number one is uh, is on FOC this uh, this week. We're, we have a pretty decent amount of pre-orders for this one, so we're kind of expecting this one to be, that should be fairly decent. Yeah, it's got Rob Guillory. It should sell through, go to second printing right. pretty quickly, I'm guessing. Right. And then the other number one, I think, is this Outpost Zero. That one, not quite as much interest in, so I don't know. That might be a little bit of a sneaker. Yeah, it's uh, Sean McKeever. I'm not a... What's his What's his deal? I, I don't know. You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, the The name that's more uh, recognizable to me is Jean-Francois Beaulieu. Yeah, yeah. There's some good art there, but uh Yeah. Now, next up, I'm seeing Rat Queens, cover B, number 10, cover B, by uh, 
Linsner, by Joseph Michael Linsner. So for those that don't know, uh, Linsner is, he tends to be kind of a pinup type artist, different, a little different style than like an Adam Hughes, but he tends to do a lot of the dynamite covers for things like Sheena. Uh, I think he has uh, an Elvira one. He had a, a couple of Betty Page covers. So that's kind of his pinup style is more of that antique look. Rat Queens is a book that sells through really quick. And Linsner always has his own special following. So I... It's got a good look to it. Yeah, I mean, this might be this might be a a sneak as well, something to get and maybe turn and flip. And since it's open to order, you should be able to get it without too many problems. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do we got going on here? We got look at those amazing Marvel ones. Holy moly, amazing Spider Man. Yeah. Yep. So, how many did you end up bringing in on that? Haven't placed the order yet. Oh, yeah, because it's FOC. Duh. duh. Yeah. The Shane Davis one, I, I kind of like that one. I like the colors. They pop out really nice. Um, the John Romita Sr. cover is a good callback. Not my favorite, but not a bad one. Uh, no art for Opeña. What, we got the Otley Virgin. So. For all Greg Land flack he gets, I really like his art. Right now, that one's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, they, they all look so, nice. Yeah. Other than that, you've got an Avengers one third printing. I know you loved that book. Mm-hmm. That was that was one of your favorites. No, nope, nope. It was not. <laughs> Champions, though, I enjoyed that. Those are my Avengers. I'm enjoying that, even with the with the switch from Wade to Zub. I'm I'm still enjoying it. I haven't. Uh, yeah. I think Zub is an underappreciated writer, honestly. I by me especially. I did not appreciate him and now I, I I liked his I like his work on Champions. He's doing a good job. If you ever get a chance to see him at a convention, he's one of the nicest guys to talk to. Full of energy, incredibly happy that um, if you express your joy over his books or, you know, want to talk about his plots and stuff, absolutely loves it. That's cool. Um, we met him in San Diego and just shared, you know, like Wayward has done you know, as far as an image book goes, that's kind of on the fringes. It it's holds steady for us, and he was so excited. And it was at the timing when Glitter Bomb was coming out, and he's like, "Oh, here, here, take these home." And he grabbed like a stack of fifteen little um, like giveaways for Glitter Bomb, and he signed all of them. He's like, "Give them away to any fans, anyone, and if you ever need more, just just reach out and let me know." So I forgot about really, Glitter really Bomb. Guy. Yeah, I like that too. Yep. Um, we got X twenty three. Number one. Yeah. The 1 100 is a pretty nice cover. Not going to lie. This is not um, Tom Taylor, though. It's okay. It'll be all right, I guess. The world will go on. Any of those true believers? Anything uh, key there? I don't think so. Um, they're, I mean, they're main story points, but... Nothing like, uh, you know, major first appearances. I don't think that's going to jump out. I don't know. I usually pick up one of each of these just, uh, you know, cheaper than what you're going to get them anywhere else. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're covered. Other than that, kind of going through the rest of the 
the list. Forgot relay. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I passed on this one. So one thing, like uh, all the dynamite books, a lot of them have kind of a 10, 20, 30, or 10, 15, 20 incentives. And if anyone's ever interested in those, let me know. Uh, we When we price the FOC books or we price them out, we price them out as if you were buying just that one copy. So like if you're getting a 1 in 10, I'll price out the difference of how many I have to get to get to the 10 to get that cover unlocked, and I only get one copy of it. But if you wanted to get something like I want to get the 10, 20, and 25, um, you know, honestly, you have to buy the 25, and that'll unlock the 20 and the 10. So I don't really charge too much extra, just enough to cover um, the cost of the book and then some shipping. So if you ever interested in those and you want the whole series of them, just let me know, and I'm happy to happy to price it out for you. Very nice. Uh, Oni Press has the Long Con number one. Yeah, that kind of interesting. Yeah, it's basically everything to do with like a cataclysmic event outside of Comic Con. So I hope that helps you sleep tonight. You know, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> that's the way to go. That's uh, that's not. I don't know. I think that's a little tip of the cap to, to John and Sam over at Comic Book Page. Knights of the Dinner Table, issues 255 and 256 are here. Were they asking whether it was still in print? No, they were kind of commenting on how it's, you know, for, for gamers, it's a really fun, I think it's magazine size uh, magazine to get and read. Uh, it typically sold through game stores and other markets, not so much through comic shops, but it is here. So... I would recommend if you are into table gaming, board gaming, stuff like that, fantasy, yeah. it might be something to look at. Uh, and then the last thing on the list through Lionforge is actually a DreamWorks Voltron Legendary Defender. Now, Lionforge is a publisher that I've really been liking a lot of what they do. Yes, yes. Uh, the cover stock is unbelievable. It's like triple thick card stock. It's really cool. Hopefully they keep doing that. But uh, this is a number one, and it's a DreamWorks thing, but it's volume three. So... If you've gotten the first two volumes, you may want to check it out. I think that's it, though. Okay. Now, um, FOC is is a value uh, added uh, that I get for being a Cowabunga customer. So um, you may get that from your local comic shop, and if you do, that's great. If you don't, um, it's, it's a really cool thing to get it on a Thursday, have the weekend to look it over, and then make any last-minute adjustments or up or down really on your orders um and you can get that if if you want to be a cowabunga customer you want to talk a little bit more about that and also um maybe transition into a a talk you're going to give a kind of a skype call that people can get in and we'll um we'll link to more details later in the show notes for folks yeah so i think on this show we've probably talked a little bit more than some of the other podcasts that i've been fortunate enough to jump on about you know, getting into the mail order business, uh, putting our hat in the ring, we are slowly but surely kind of building up a little bit more of a, a customer base. We're working on some new offerings through that. Uh, but if you are currently buying through someone like DCPS, um, if you're pre-ordering through really any online retailer, we do a very similar business. Uh, we are most aligned similarly to DCBS because that's where the the 
dominant market share is and that's kind of who our competition for the the mail order component is so we're we're kind of basing ourselves off of that but um, basically it's it's a, a value add that we have being the FOC piece and I'll be honest I even have a couple of people who don't shop through us but asked if I would be willing to give them the FOC list that they could take to their retailer and as much as I want you to be my customer if uh, if you are interested in getting the FOC list you can shoot me an email and I will add you to my mailing list and let you get that even though you're not um, necessarily buying from us that that's fine um, but the shop chat that uh, Drew kind of alluded to is going to be coming up on August 22nd at 8 p.m. Central um, it's going to be done through Slack or sorry, not Slack. It's going to be done through Skype. I have too many of these yeah, okay. mass communication portals, um, but it'll be done through Skype. I will put some more detail out there. We're going to kind of use the comic book page forum as the uh, the container for communication for it, so that people are all going to one place instead of all over. But it's an opportunity for anyone who wants to jump on to ask me questions and. James may be on there, probably not, because our schedules in the new store have been just so busy. Um, but I'm going to try and peel them away and get them on. But basically, what what this chat is is uh, it's going to go for at least an hour. But as everybody knows, I mean, here we are, what an hour and twenty minutes into this already, and it's it's just you and I. I mean, we tend to talk a lot. <laughs> But uh, I want this to be an opportunity for anyone who has questions about why do we get into the mail order business? What's our you know? if they have specific questions about our store, about the business in general that haven't been answered through other, other means. Uh, and also I find that when you have a conversation with other people that are asking questions, it can foster more. So it sounds like we're going to have at least five or six people on already. And I just want this to be open to whoever wants to join. So if any of you out there would like to, you know, join in with this, either shoot me an email, jump onto the the comic book page form. I think Drew, you might try and link it to this podcast yep. so people can find it. Um, or, you know, you can ping either the Cowbunga comics or the, um, comics for fun and profit facebook pages and i'm sure that yep. we'll get it get you the information send us an email yeah we, we'll get that information to eric so he can get you hooked up yeah, it's not a problem yeah it's open to open to everyone and you know I, if you have i don't want to take business away from another lcs but i've had crappy lcs's in my life uh that i've given my hard-earned money to and sometimes didn't get my comics that i ordered and it, it's always been a frustration filled experience and it doesn't have to be that way so if you're happy stay where you are that's cool that's awesome but if you're looking i mean let me make one more play because there's one more value add that is pretty cool because because if you follow them on facebook you see their when they bring their collections in you know they pull some of those key books out and throw them up there on their facebook page so you jump on one of those, like, oh, let me get, let me say an ASM 300 <laughs> that they get in. <laughs> and, you know, you can, you can strike a deal with Eric. And if you're getting stuff through FOC, if you're getting stuff through your order, you know, you bought, you buy that key issue, they'll put, they'll package that and put that right in that box and you don't even have to pay shipping on it. It's a fantastic yep. deal. So you're actually, you're also keyed into their store as well. And like, um, you know, he gets collections each and every week in, um, sometimes half a dozen in a week, he'll get a collection in. So there's some great stuff coming in there and they post a lot of that stuff on their Facebook page, um, to share that. So you have access to that as well. So there's a lot of really cool things that you don't get with other online retailers. And 
the kind of volume that they're doing and the cool stuff that they're doing up there in Wisconsin, um, you're not, you might not get from your small shop. Um, you know, if you're in LA, you know, you might see a lot of this stuff. Um, but for me, uh, I, I have small shops that don't really work on this scale. So I, I have a little window into that, um, through Calabunga. So it's really been uh, a cool angle that I never thought I'd have an opportunity to take part in. And so the combination of, of fantastic customer service, um, you know, deep discounts on your monthly previews order, access to FOC discounts, all the cool 1 in 25 deals, 1 in 50 variant tiers stuff that, you know, m most other stores don't really share how that, how, how, and work with you on that stuff. So um, it's really been cool and, and an exciting thing. So I think um, it's a really cool opportunity for you guys. If you have questions for Eric, um, hop on that August call if you can, and um, and we'll get you hooked up with them. You, know, you, you, you can contact me through any of the ways that you contact uh, Comics for Fun and Profit, and we'll be sure to hook you up that way. Um, yeah, and my inbox is always open. I try and respond to everybody within 24 hours. Uh, the only times I wouldn't is if I've got either some sort of uh, illness happening or family concerns, yeah. but that, that is few and far between. Um, so yeah, I try and get back as quickly as possible. I know that there's times where I'll miss a book, uh, sending it out or we have damages and people are like, Hey, what's going on with this? And I try and get back to them within an hour or two because I know, Hey, everybody is jonesing for their fix and I want everybody <laughs> to know where it is. And, um, you know, we figure that everybody's going to be prone to making mistakes, right? It's a, it's a human based industry at the end of the day and, and we're not immune to that, but the least we can do is make it right as soon as possible and at least be open and transparent about what's going on. I mean, that's, that's to me, that's the way you run a business. So we appreciate that. Um, before we head over into the sneak peek, uh, you've been open in a new location for a little over a month now. Uh, yeah. how's it going? It is fantastic. We have about three and a half times the space. Um, events are getting bigger. We're getting more and more product out onto the floor. We actually had to uh, contract out to one of our carpenter friends to start building some additional back issue bins. We have oh, wow. about, f I think we've got 55,000 books out right now and about another 60,000 in the back. Wow. Um, we know we're not going to get all of them out there because some of them are kind of our extra dollar books that we already have copies of out on the in the dollar book uh, bins, and we're just going to take those other extra ones to shows with us to kind of have um, as table filler and whatnot. But yeah, no, it's been great. It, it's been uh, it's been exciting. We've gotten a lot of additional customers. Uh, we are now kind of firmly ensconced in fast food heaven of Oconomowoc between the Taco Bell and Arby's and George <laughs> Webb, which is a kind of like a Tim Hortons. Um, and McDonald's is just down the road. So, I mean, we're getting a ton of, ton of people that are eating and looking over going, Oh, let's check that out. Um, we know that the restaurants around us are, are profiting They're They're enjoying it. So, but no, it's been great. We have our own parking lot. Um, a lot of great comments from people. The store layout is fantastic because the gaming space is out of the sales floor. Whereas before we kind of had to have tables in amongst the product. Um, which, you know, everybody was okay with, but it does get to be a little bit of a burden at times. Uh, so, so yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. That's awesome. How does, um, so 55,000 back issues out, you didn't have that many at the other store, did you? No, we usually had about 30. So we've already almost doubled what's out. And you're expanding again. 
Oh, yeah. We, wow. As much as we can get out, we've got plenty of floor space. Oh, we've also um, almost tripled the amount of trades, hardcovers, uh, manga, used trades. We also have starting to get in some like used um, sci-fi novels, things like that. So we're expanding our collected editions, um, starting to bring in a few more higher-end statues, maquettes, figures, things like that. So, yeah. Fantastic. i got to make another trek up. You betcha. <laughs> it's a long drive, man. I'm going to have to get a, a nice cheap flight to Madison. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've got Frontier down there, but they're doing some crazy cheap flights now. So. Okay. I'll have to look into that, man. i got to see the new place up front in person for myself. Uh, now, before, we get, we got one more thing. We've got to do our sneak peek. Um and uh, this is going to be over at Previews World. We're going to go to June 20th and uh, start where we start now, which is Image. <laughs> image. Yeah. Uh, we've got the final issue of Beef, uh, which yep. has been a really great series by Richard Starkings, um, who did a long, long run on Elephant Men. And uh, I really like this. It says a lot about, um, you know, some where we get our... our our food and and it's it's been really an interesting um exploration of that my cat is eating my comic stop it (laughs) stop it quit it i will kill you you are worth less than that that comic stupid cat (laughs) oh my goodness it was actually clawing my walking dead comic that's not good for resale value sorry about that um uh let's see what else is going on in image um you know it's a lot of ongoing stuff i'm not seeing a lot of number ones to get down to shanghai red number one and that has a tyler boss b cover which is a pretty striking cover pretty striking even though it's really just three colors but yeah Yeah, and he he did some great work on uh, four kids walk into a bank with uh, rosenberg and um so i'm kind of chasing some of the stuff that he does i really like him and uh a chance to hang out with him at C2E2, and he's a good dude. So uh, anything he does, I kind of kind of perk up and take a look at. I'm pretty excited, Southern Bastards Volume 4. This one I get in trades. I don't get in single issues just because the cadence has been so yes. on and off due to Aaron being busy. Latour had, I think, his father was dealing with some health issues, and he wanted to take some time to be with him. So Yeah, yeah, it was tough, and they're... I'm not sure Aaron's really spread thin over at Marvel. So, yep. yeah, I think uh, Latour's doing a lot of the yeoman work over there now. And, yeah, so it doesn't come out as often. But when it does, it's it's great. That's really all I've got in image. Anything in Dark Horse? I'm going to let this cat out. Go ahead and take over. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> um, in Dark Horse, I think the biggest thing is the Black Hammer universe. We've got yeah. Black Hammer, Age of Doom number three. These books have been you know, a steady seller. So for anyone who is into the Black Hammer stuff, just be aware. And then there is also a Michael Cho variant cover, uh, kind of in his standard, typical Michael Cho uh, color palette and style. So... We've got that, and I think that is about it for Dark Horse. Is uh, he any relation to Frank? I do not believe so. Okay. Different shows. Different shows. It's like the Smiths, I have a feeling. There might be a few different show families. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Although I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I've never asked them either of them in person, although 
They don't really look alike. Are they both Asian? Anyways. Um, I think they're both kind of like Asian American. Okay. Asian Western. Could be. Anyways. Um, do, do, do. So, IDW. Yeah, IDW. Um, uh, I might pick up that Orphan Black, number one, uh, for a dollar. Uh, it's been a long time since I've checked out an Orphan Black. And I think that's the one that was in a loot crate a long time ago and sold like half a million copies yeah and diamond yep. used to report them that way and then they stopped yep and then loot crate has slowly been dwindling a little bit i wondered i wondered what their um subscriber base is now it was up to quarter million or so wasn't it for a while yeah i think similar to streaming services there's just so many of those things now that people are kind of picking and choosing yeah can't blame them I've really enjoyed Punk's Not Dead. Um, this has been a fun series, and one that uh, uh, I, 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 would, I would like to continue to support. So, uh, whoever David Barnett is, and I never read his stuff before, but um, it's part of that Black Crown imprint over at IDW, and it's it's really good. DC, DC, your your Do wheelhouse. We really need to go farther than uh, Batman Forty Nine Art Germ variant with. Batcat on the cover. Wow. Ugh. Wow. That's really nice. Uh-huh. That's really nice. You know, this art germ guy, he's, he's got a future. I'm telling you, he doesn't have to do anything. He can just do covers forever. <laughs> it's pretty much what he does now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful cover. Um, and then, of course, we go down a little bit farther to Jason's pick, which is the Dark Prince Charming book two. Really great cover. Wow, that's nice. I don't know, you know, I, I kicking myself. Let's see what else we got. Anything else good coming up? Got the the standard fare of the Frank Cho Harley Quinn variant. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her wiener dog. <laughs> oh golly. Let's see what else. Yeah, not a whole lot actually. It's a fairly light week for DC. They've got. The Golden Age Omnibus Hardcover Volume 5, which I've been getting all those because I'm a glutton for having to buy new Ikea furniture, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Omnibus are not not friends with uh, wooden shelves. Let's get some concrete ones. Ready for yeah. Marvel? Let's do it. So, ASM 801. Final. Final Wait. slot. <laughs> Might be something important about this book. I don't know. Yeah, something's going to be in here. Um, I I just uh, you know I I was there was a he had a run there where I was like I'm just sick of slot, but now I don't want him to go. <laughs> he's a, yeah, he's I been think really there was crushing a little bit it. of a rut. Yeah, yeah. I hate to say it, but I mean he was doing. Silver Surfer, and I was loving that, and I don't know if that was taking a little bit of his attention, if that's what he used to kind of recharge the batteries for this final push. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, yeah, we can't keep this stuff on the shelves. It's really good. We've got the Doctor Strange by Donny Cates, uh, Trade Volume 1. I know you were were in on that. Oh, yeah, I love it. You liked it. Now they got this Mark Wade guy. Who's he? Right? Used to be hack? No. Yeah. Mark's still quite good. 
Uh, we do have a, an Infinity Countdown Black Widow number one, uh, Mike Del Mundo Young Guns variant. These kind of ebb and flow. Just looking at this cover, I don't think it's going to be quite as good as the the Young Gun. I think it was a Venom that we had last week. Yeah. That was a that was a hot one. The great second printing cover for Venom number one. Uh, Stegman is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is. Uh, I think I'm. I think I up the order a little bit on this one just because it's a really cool, really cool yeah, cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Tony Stark Iron Man. Is this the one that has like the twenty-six different Iron Man um, armor covers? Might be. I think it is, but I think they're under the new printings and variants thing instead of the main ah. I'm going to go really really quick and check if you want to vamp well there's the X-Men Gold number 30 uh, this is the wedding issue it's got the wedding cover uh, there are there are people that you know look for these these wedding covers and collect those um, there's been several wedding covers over the years that are you know kind of uh, stood the test of time as being cool covers there's always usually big group shots and things like that so um this is this is that way as well a lot of um x-men on the cover um and a nice uh phil noto uh art work on this cover and it's um it's nice and it's uh it's a wedding it's it's a milestone in the character's arc for how long who knows but before before batman marries catwoman you know the X Men are getting married, so uh, at least a couple of them. So check that out. Yep, and so yes, this is the Tony Stark Iron Man big excitement uh, issue. We have some actually some other variants along with it, like a one in twenty five Adi Granov. The my favorite one is the Ross, which is a one in fifty, and then there's a Virgin, but it is just awesome. Um, let's see if I can send it to you in the Skypes so you can see it and not have to wage war with the uh, previous world site. Um, the couple of the ones that I really like, I like the Aja variant. Uh, that one is a 1 in 100, so if you've got a good retailer that can get you that one. Very pretty. Um, Very pretty. Then you've got the straight up, which should be cover price books because I think they were all open to order. You've got the Adi armor, the black and gold armor, the classic armor, just a ton of different armor ones. So I would say probably the big ones are going to be the classic armor. You're going to have the Hulkbuster armor is going to be a big one. Um, trying to see. There might be one or two other ones that are good ones that we've had big orders on. Uh, oh, the Silver Centurion one, we had some pretty good. That was a silver and red uh, armor. The Stealth armor was a black one. That was a, a common one that people added to their list. Superior Iron Man, another one, and then the War Machine armor. Those are probably the big, the big armor variants that people um, were going after. But all of them, there's there's quite a laundry list. They're all out there. Um, there was an ordering threshold, but it should have been pretty easy for most people to meet. So, just be aware. And you already hit the X Men Gold, so yep. that's that. Wow. And I have nothing in Dynamite. Um, hearing good things about 
James Bond, the body, pretty much all the James Bond stuff going through dynamite's been good, but I don't think there's any flip value on it. Um, anything for you in Boom? Just the fence, number seven, and it's just a good read. Um, although it has kind of slowed down a little bit, we should pick up the pace, but uh, good art, and it's a fun, light story. I like it. Yeah. I bypassed the figure stuff. I'm down in the back half, basically, here. Yeah. Kind of sifting through to see if there's anything good. Uh, not really. Oh, Golden Kamui Volume 5. That's a manga that I've been really getting into. Um, Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast, uh, December Solicit, number 5 of 5, finally coming out. This is one that Kyle's been getting. I know that because I pick his order every every week. I like the uh, Lost City Explorers from Aftershock. This yep. is Zach Kaplan who did... Um, what's he doing? Port of Earth. This is his current image book. Um, good dude. Talked to him for a while at C2E2 as well. He's cool. And this looks uh, a little Goonies-esque. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Down a little farther, you got Rick and Morty Presents Crumbopulous Michael, number one. I think this might just be a one-shot, but I could be wrong about that. However, pretty much anything Rick and Morty seems to be selling, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, May is back with a second volume. Uh, in the first issue, this is a Gene Ha written and drawn book. And this is it's coming from Lion Forge this time. I'm thinking the last one was IDW. Um, the first volume was IDW. Um, I really enjoyed that first volume, so I'm looking forward to this as well. Same characters, continuing the story, and that great Gene Ha art. Um, but it is a second volume. Correct. Uh, then we've got a... <laughs> I think you might have ordered this one. I'll have to go back in the records and check, but Tarna number 2, which was a September solicit. I know I got the first issue. I don't know if I got the second one or not. Yeah. Maybe. So we've got that. Tank Girl, num- All-Stars number 1. That one coming out. There's the second volume of World's End Harem graphic novel. Looking forward to that. That really takes us to the end. Yes. Yes, it does. So. All right. Well, we got to pick something. Yeah. uh, You're our guest, so you can go first. Shall I take the easy one? Sure, if you want to. Batman 49. Variant cover. You're going to take that art germ? By Mr. Stanley Archerm Lau. Yeah, I think that's going to be your best mover, but I'll let you pick yours and then I might throw a, a second one on there. We'll see. Well, I'm going to go with the second printing of Venom, the um, the Stegman cover. I think that's going to have some, it's going to be lower print run, going to have some value, and then I'll, uh, I'll double up with um, The Lost City Explorers by Zach Kaplan and Aftershock. Yeah, and I was going to honorable mention the Venom, but I was also going to add into mine uh, the Iron Man, um, Alex Ross. Like, like I said, it was a 1 in 50 or 1 in 100, but yeah. 
I think that one's going to be one that has some staying power on the secondary market. Just a fantastic cover. Great. Anything else before we bug out of here? No, I think we've given them their money's worth. Yeah. Two two hours, uh, pushing two hours. So, Eric, thank you again for sitting in. Um, in Kyle's long walkabout uh, across <laughs> the country, and uh, appreciate that very much. We'll put as much information as we can from today's show in the show notes to help you if you want to if you want to hook up with that uh, shop chat or get in touch with Eric. Um, uh, you already gave your email and stuff. Uh, so the easiest way to get a hold of me is Eric E R I C at Cowabunga Comics. That's Cowabunga spelled with a K. So CowabungaComics.com. That's probably the quickest and easiest way to get a hold of me. You can shoot us a, a message through the Facebook page. James may collect it and send it to me, but uh, that's fine. Um, or you can email Drew if you've got his on speed dial, and he can forward it to me. No problems yep. there. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for listening. And as Kyle would say, see ya.